Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. It's like he was just putting the pieces together for me in such a way that just was simple but powerful. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is God's truth right here. It wasn't always what I, what I wanted to hear, but I knew it was the truth, and I always wanted the truth. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Thursday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today I'm nearing the end of my second week of teaching on living in God's best. And I tell you, this is going to be powerful. So I'm nearing the end of my second week. The first week, basically all I did was say that God wants to bless us and to bring us up to a higher plane to where we live on better health-wise, emotional, prosperity in every area of our life, and yet the biggest problem is that we've just settled for less. Sad to say, most of us look around, and as long as we're doing as good as our neighbor, we think that's good enough. But God has a better plan. His plans for us are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give us an expected end, a hope and a future. God's plans for you are bigger and better than you could ever dream on your own. And the biggest problem is we settle for less. And then I started teaching this week about God's best for us is a blessing, not a miracle. And most people have never thought this through. A blessing, I'm going to go into more detail on this, but a blessing is God's favor that has already been given to us. And it's already supplied it, but it's all in the spiritual realm. That's what Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God has already blessed us, whereas a miracle is not something that's already done. A miracle is a superseding or a suspension of natural laws. And God is not prone to violate His natural laws. He created them and He says it was all good. You would never need a miracle if we cooperated with spiritual and natural laws. Now that is quite a statement. And let me say that because we live in a fallen world, you could be doing everything right, and yet you might still need a miracle, not because you violated spiritual or natural laws, but maybe somebody else did. For instance, the guy who is my uh, uh, praise and worship leader at Karis Bible College, Daniel Amstutz, and his wife, Tracy, I forget the exact details. If I get something wrong, Daniel, forgive me. But they were in um, Hawaii, and they were with a friend. And anyway, long story, but they just really felt impressed to pray. I think that the Lord had showed them that they might potentially be in a car wreck or something. But anyway, they'd been praying about it all day, and they were going around a curve, I think it was ra raining, and somehow or another, another car coming in the other direction went out of control and slid, and they just both called out to God. And because the Lord had prepared them and they believed, they just somehow or another went through this car. They wound up on the other side of it. And that wasn't something that was their fault. But the other person, it, they, we just live in a fallen world. Somebody used wrong judgment going too fast on a slick road and slid into them, but went through them. And you know what? I know some of you don't believe that, but I do because that happened to me. I was driving a car. It's a long story, but uh, anyway, a lot of it was my own fault for driving this junk car that the brakes weren't working very good. But I came over a hill at 60 miles an hour 
and there was a hundred cows on the road. And there was no way I could stop. Even in a good car, I don't think I could have stopped. But this car, the brakes were just about gone and I slammed on the brakes and it was not going to work. And Jamie was with me and she was in the car and she was reading or something. And when I saw all I did was just point and go uh, like that. And Jamie looked up and saw it and she said, Jesus. And when she said that, we were instantly on the other side of all of these cows still moving. And we looked at each other and I mean, it was hard for a second. We thought, did we, did uh, this really happen? I mean, it was just so natural, but we went right through these cows or they went through us or I don't know how it happened, but you know what? That's a miracle. That's not normal. And yet it wasn't my fault particularly. It was just these cows out on the road. Daniel, it was just this car came out of control because we live in a fallen world. It may not be your breaking of some natural law or spiritual law, but because we live in a fallen world, other people are doing it, and you may need a miracle because somebody else has violated all of these things. But God doesn't want to suspend natural laws and spiritual laws. He created them, and they're good, and the best is to cooperate with them and to live inside of these things. And so a miracle may be the best for you at that moment, but it's never God's best. A blessing is God's best. So yesterday I shared that before you get a miracle, you have to be in a crisis because God is not going to suspend or violate His natural laws without good reason. It's not normal. It's not natural. Yet God can do it. Miracles can happen, but you have to be in a crisis in order to get a miracle. So a person who lives from miracle to miracle is a person who lives from crisis to crisis. In contrast to that, a person who is living in the blessing of God, you are living a blessed life, it will prevent a crisis. You'll never even come into a crisis once you start really tapping into the blessing of God and getting it working. So that's the first difference. The second difference between a miracle and a blessing is that a miracle is always temporary, whereas a blessing, once it's given, it's eternal. It'll never be taken away. Now that is a huge statement right there, and I'm going to have to spend some time verifying that. First of all, let me just show you that miracle, you know, if you'd think about this, a miracle is a superseding or a suspension of natural laws. God created the natural laws. They're good. He's not going to just change them for you. You need to change to operate within the laws. But if you're in a crisis situation, you could have a miracle, but it's only going to be temporary. God's going to return things back to normal as soon as possible. Peter walked on the water and that was a miracle. But you know what? There's no other mention that Peter ever did it again or that anybody else ever did it again. It wasn't something that God just changed the laws. No, they went back to normal within a very short period of time. And God is not going to do a miracle just for the rest of your life. You know, the miracle of the manna in Exodus chapter 16, that was a miracle. It was a superseding. It wasn't natural. It wasn't the secretion of a beetle. It wasn't anything natural. It was absolutely supernatural. The Bible says that man did eat angels' food. So it was miraculous, but it came to an end. Look at this in Joshua chapter 5. And it says in verse 10, And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month. 
at even in the plains of Jericho, and they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. So this shows you that the manna ceased. And did you know there has never been manna recorded in Scripture or any other way that I've ever heard of since then? This was a temporary thing. It was miraculous. It was a superseding or a suspension of natural laws. Manna just appeared, came down from heaven, but it was temporary. And I can bet you because I deal with people and I have dealt with thousands and th hundreds of thousands of people and I just know people that I can guarantee you some of these people went out on the morrow after the manna ceased and wanted to gather manna. You know, remember this, that most of these people had been raised in the wilderness. It says that all of the people who were over 20 years old died during this 40 years in the wilderness. So the oldest person outside of Moses and Joshua and Caleb in the nation of... And matter of fact, uh, Moses was already gone at this time, but Joshua and Caleb were the only two people in the nation of Israel that were over 60 years old at this time. Everybody else was either a child when the manna started, or they were born during this period in the wilderness when the manna came, and they had never eaten anything but manna. The majority of this nation had never eaten anything but manna. They gathered it, and this is the way that they grew up. It was a pattern. It was the way of doing things. And I can guarantee you that when that manna ceased, there were some people who said, I'm not going to go out and gather this fruit and have to pick the crops and thresh the wheat and do things like this. I'm not going to dig a hole in the ground and put a seed in it and have to water it and fertilize it and weed it and work. Man, God has provided my food supernaturally from heaven for all of these years. And I can guarantee you that there were lots of people that went out looking for the manna and it wasn't there. It was temporary. And likewise today, there are people that have had God do something for them supernaturally. And they get accustomed to it. And they say, I'm a, I'm a full gospel Christian. I believe in God for a miracle. When the truth is, that was just a temporary supply. And God wants you to get to where you start operating in the laws of the blessing. And you don't have to have a crisis. Man, that is powerful. That is a powerful statement right there. And yet there are a lot of Christians that I believe miss God's best because they live from miracle to miracle. You know, I've used myself as an example about how I wouldn't work in the beginning because I thought I was called to the ministry and I was sinning against God if I worked, which was wrong. But nonetheless, I had God miraculously supply our needs. God would multiply our food. God would multiply our gas. God would take care of our cars. Things would happen. But I could have just camped there and have said, you know what? I've seen God do miracles. I've seen my car run without gas. I've seen my car run when the block was broken and the water came out because I didn't have antifreeze in it. And I could have sat there and have said, if God has done it once, He's going to do it again. And I could have just kept driving that car and I could have refused to put gas in it. And I could have done these things and expect a miracle after miracle after miracle. And because God loved me, he did supply those miracles and He did meet my needs temporarily, but that was never 
the way that God wanted to do it. The better way is to just have God's blessing come to such a degree that I have enough money to get my car fixed, that I have enough money to put gas in the car, that I have enough money to buy the food that we need and I don't have to have God multiply the food that we have. See, those are outside of normal. And God can do a miracle, but that is not normal. That's not the way that God wants to meet our need. He wants to meet our need through a blessing. And I could have just sat there and have said, I refuse to ever put gas in his car again and just believe God for a miracle. And I don't know exactly what would have happened. Maybe I could have seen it happen some because I was in such desperate situation, but I guarantee you, that's not the way that God wants us to live. I've, ex I've received a miracle. I've seen it. But God doesn't want me to live by a miracle. You know, maybe you are abusing your body and you're 100 pounds, 200 pounds overweight. You smoke, you drink, you're a couch potato. You don't do anything. You aren't cooperating with natural laws or spiritual laws. And yet you love God. And so you've prayed and God has miraculously kept you alive. But you know what? You just keep violating those laws and I guarantee you, eventually you are going to fail. You can't just live by a miracle. You cannot violate these laws. You know, the scripture says in Mark chapter 16 that we can drink any deadly thing and they shall, it shall not harm us. So there are examples of this, but God doesn't want you to just live where you go out and drink poison every day and yet God miraculously keeps you through it. No, you're violating a natural law and because God loves you, you might do it once, you might do it twice, you might see God protect you, but you just keep violating these natural laws and it's eventually going to kill you. You know, Paul in the book of Acts, I think the last chapter or next to last chapter of Acts, he put some wood on a fire and a viper came out and bit him on the hand and he should have died. But the scripture says that you shall take up snakes and they shall not harm you. And so Paul did that and he shook the snake off into the fire and felt no harm. And so it was a miracle. Normally, if a venomous snake bites you, you are going to at least have uh, some problems and potentially die through it. That's normal. But a miracle happened and Paul survived. But there are people today that have taken that to an extreme and they go out and they handle snakes, tempting God. You know, Satan did the same thing with Jesus in Luke chapter 4. And in Matthew chapter 4, he tempted Jesus. And one of the temptations was to take him up to the temple and, and ask him to cast himself off of the, one of the pinnacles of the temple and said, your angels will give charge over you and bear you up in their hands. See, that would be a miracle if you fell off of a high place and the angels just supernaturally took care of you. And it's promised in Psalms chapter 91 that God will do that. And it can happen. Miracles can happen. But Jesus turned around to Satan and said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. It's tempting God to go out and pick up a snake just to see if it bites you and it doesn't bother you. That's tempting God. You're violating the laws and you can't guarantee that a miracle is going to save your life. You can't go out and just drink poison and tempt God. Yes, you can do it, but you, you can't guarantee that. That's a miracle and you're going to have to be in a crisis situation and God's not always going to suspend His natural laws for you. But the blessing of God has promised you health. The blessing of God has promised you prosperity and all of these things. And once you get the blessing, it can't ever be stopped. You know, let me refer back to Ephesians chapter 1. I used this earlier, but it says in Ephesians 1, 3, 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There's two things in that verse I want to point out. The blessing has already been done, whereas a miracle is not something that has already been done. God hasn't already supplied miracles. God has supplied blessings. He's blessed us with everything in the spiritual realm. And the blessing is already a done deal, but a miracle is not a done deal. You can't count on a miracle the way that you can count on a blessing. That's a huge statement right there. One of the ways that I say it is I can't get my hand around a miracle. I can't grab it. I don't, can't get a handle. I can't control it. I can pray for it. And I've seen lots of miracles happen. You know, I've seen just all kinds of miracles. I've seen people come out of wheelchairs. I've seen my son raised from the dead after he was dead for nearly five hours. And did you know that even if somehow or another you could revive a person after being dead, I think that they say it's something like anything over seven or eight minutes of the brain without oxygen that you're going to have permanent brain damage. So even if you had resurrected my son through some natural means, not supernatural, but my, my son, it was totally supernatural. They didn't put the paddles on him. They didn't do anything. He was actually stripped naked. He was in a morgue with a toe tag on. He was dead for nearly five hours. And my oldest son called me and told me, my wife and I agreed and spoke. And my youngest son, Peter, he just sat up and started talking. It wasn't natural. There wasn't something in the physical that they did to revive him. It was supernatural. And it was supernatural that he had no brain damage. No more than before. Praise God. I mean, he is, he's brilliant. He's a smart guy. He's very creative, does things. And he's alive and well today. Saw him just last night. And I tell you, my son is alive and well. That is a miracle. Thank you, Jesus. But you know what? I can't make miracles happen. I've prayed and I've seen things like that happen. But then there's other times that I've prayed just as hard and I haven't seen the right results. Because a miracle is not something that is guaranteed to us. It's not something that's already done. But Ephesians 1, 3, the blessing has already been given. It's a done deal. You know, there are times that I pray, for, I pray for lots of sick people. And I believe that when you lay your hands on the sick, Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18 says, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I lay hands on the sick and they recover. Now, see, that's a blessing. I speak the favor of God, the blessing of God over them, and they recover. That means that there's a period of time. And so when I lay hands on people, I expect every person to recover. But sometimes they get it instantaneously. To me, that's not a healing. That's a miracle. You know, I remember one time praying for a young man who couldn't see out of one eye. And I had just taught on how you can make the healing power of God manifest. And so anyway, I preached on it and then I had people come forward. This guy was blind in one eye. So I prayed for him. I had him cover up his good eye and look out his bad eye. And I said, how many fingers do I have? Up? He couldn't even see my hand. He couldn't even see light out of that. eye. I had to turn his head towards my finger 
and he couldn't see anything. So I told the people, I said, look, I believe that God has already healed him. It's not God, it's us. And I said, I'm going to pray until I see this manifest. And so I dismissed the people who didn't believe. About 20 people stayed. We prayed for this guy for, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 minutes. Seemed like forever when I was doing it. But I remember just praying in tongues and asking, God, what's the hindrance? And finally, the Lord spoke to him and he says, he doesn't need a healing. He needs a miracle. And I had never thought that there was a difference between the two. I'd never thought about it. And so I was mulling this over. Was this really the Lord or was it just my own thoughts? And as I thought about it, my assistant, Don Crow, he spoke up and he says, God just told me he doesn't need a healing. He needs a miracle. It was word for word what God told me. So I stopped and I asked this boy, I said, what's wrong with your eye anyway? And he said, when I was a baby, I had an infection in my eye and they surgically removed the lens and the retina from my eye. He says, I don't even have the parts of my eye that it takes to see. And all of a sudden I said, you don't need a miracle uh, healing. You need a miracle. You need a creative miracle. So instead, see, of just praying that he would be healed, that his body would begin to function right, he had missing parts. And so I cut my hands over his eye and I spoke and said, I speak a lens and a retina into this eye in the name of Jesus. And then I had him cover up his good eye and look. And I said, how many fingers do I have up? And he goes, one, two, and he could see. And there is a difference between a healing and a miracle. A healing is something that you lay hands on the sick and they recover. That means it's a progressive thing, that the sickness is over, the infection is dead, and now the body can recover, that the tumor is dead and the body will pass it and get rid of it, whatever. That's a healing. But a miracle is like when you pray for a leper and all of a sudden not only does the leprosy leave, but their digits grow back. Whatever had been damaged comes back. When God replaces the part that has been corrupted and stuff, that's a miracle. It's a superseding and a suspension of natural laws. But that is not normal. And I, when I lay hands on people, I'll tell them, I believe you are recovering. And sometimes it happens gradually, but other times I'll see it happen instantaneous. That's a miracle. And you know what? I can't make people recover instantaneously, but I can make them recover over a period of time. If people will come and listen to what I've got to say, and follow the teaching, I can guarantee them that they'll be healed. I can't guarantee them that they're going to receive a miracle that is going to happen instantaneously, but I can teach them how to stand and over a period of time see the healing power of God manifest. There's a difference between a healing and a miracle, and one of them is that a, a miracle is temporary. Once the blessing comes, it's eternal. It'll never be taken away. If you get healed miraculously through somebody else's faith or a gift in them, that thing can come back on you. But when you get healed because you have learned what the Word says and you've operated in it, that's the blessing of God. And once you get that, you'll never lose it. Man, that's awesome. Let me share with you again that I've got this book entitled Living in God's Best. And then I have CDs and DVDs that were taken from my television program and this would be a real blessing to you. Our announcer is going to give you all of the information about how to get hold of these materials, and I encourage you to do it. I promise you, this would change your life. Andrew's entire series, Living in God's Best, is available as a book in either English or Spanish, 
as a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast, or as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar. You can also get this teaching as a companion study guide. The study guide will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for home groups or Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mountain Time. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I'd like to invite you to join me on February the 14th. That's a Sunday night. I'm going to be at New Hope Ministries in Naples, Florida. And this is actually going to be a Truth and Liberty live event uh, where we're going to be talking about how to equip you to be the salt and the light in your community, impacting people that you need to be. It's an RSVP uh, situation. We encourage you to go to truthandliberty.net and register, but it's going to be Sunday night, February the 14th in New Hope Ministries in Naples, Florida. Do you want to connect with like-minded believers? Then Karis Bible Studies is the place for you. Find a Bible study near you by visiting karisbiblestudies.net. I want to let you know that when you support Andrew Womack Ministries, that we also support a lot of other ministries. We actually started the Springs Rescue Mission that is now the largest distributor of food and clothing and furniture in all of Colorado Springs. We've got ministries to orphans. We've got ministry to children that have been caught in the sex trade. Uh, we support uh, pregnancy centers. They've actually lowered the abortion rate in Colorado to one of the lowest in the nation. And there's just a lot of things we do. So when you support here, you are helping us reach people all over the world. I want to let you know that I'm going to be speaking at the Encounter event in Oklahoma City. I'll be there with Mario Marilla, also Rich Van Winkle, and then my niece, Rebecca Cunningham, and her husband, Stephen, are putting this on, and it's going to be a great time. It'll be on the 5th and the 6th of March in Oklahoma City at Victory Church. I believe you'd be really blessed, so plan to be with us March the 5th and 6th, Victory Church in Oklahoma City. Have you checked out the Inside Story yet? It's a great way for you to get an inside look of what is happening at Andrew Womack Ministries. With over six years of interviews, there's a lot to get excited about. Check out this month's featured story today, only at awmi.net. 
And I want to share with you about Keras Distance Education. This is what we call our online platform or our correspondence courses where you get the materials sent to you. But you don't have to come to a physical location. You can receive the teaching through these platforms and then you can send in your test. You actually have interaction and stuff, but you don't have to leave and go to a physical location. And for some of you, this is your answer to how you could receive the teaching from Keras without having to pick up and move to one of these locations. You can get more information by contacting us, but we encourage you to become a part of Keras Bible College through our distance education.